You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 142, proper equipment to prevent a moldy home and sick building syndrome. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Today, Steve, we are talking about moldy homes and sick building syndrome, SBS. I guess a lot of people must use that term, huh? They do. It depends on, um, you know, on social media, what they follow, what they're, you know, or even just what terms they use. I mean, I use, it's funny because in a lot of the, the books I've written, I, I put you know, I define terms the way I use them because stuff like cellulose material, when I think about cellulose materials, does that mean what the definition of cellulose materials is? No. When I'm talking about that, I'm talking about stuff that mold can be grown on and that's porous. Uh, it's like when I say um, dormant mold, some people might say you mean non-viable. Well, you can use whatever word you want to use, but uh, yeah, a lot of people use the term moldy home or sick building syndrome. Okay. It's kind of a weird, you know, it's a weird way of saying it, especially sick building syndrome. Like an inanimate object shouldn't be able to get sick. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I'd exactly. call it more defective. Yeah. It is what it is. So so then how would you define, um, you said defective. Do you define moldy home and sick building syndrome? Are they, can you use those two terms interchangeably? You could, but if, if you were to ask me to define each, they would be different. Okay. Sick building syndrome could be all sorts of indoor air quality concerns, um, whereas a moldy home has mold in it. Okay. Does that make sense? So when I say mold, is, we're saying mold infestation. Exactly. So moldy home is one type of sick building syndrome. Exactly. That's okay. a better way to, to say it. But, but yeah, sick building syndrome, people... They usually use it interchangeably with moldy home. And it, to me, they're two different terms. 
Absolutely. and can be defined so totally different. If that makes sense. Well, and I think when people think of something like sick building syndrome, they think about uh, older homes or older buildings, whereas sick building syndrome and moldy home, they could be brand new construction, couldn't they? Oh, yeah. You could have a sick building syndrome in a brand new home, like you said. It just, you know, we hear it all the time. Like, well, I know the home's really old, so it's going to have issues. Well, new homes can have as many issues as an old home. And just because it's an old home doesn't mean we don't care about sick building syndrome, if that makes sense. Well, and I can't remember, do you cover that in your Building a Mold Resistant Home book? This idea of the fact that brand new construction could yes. have as many oh, issues yeah. as old. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I, when we when we talk about radon, that that's what always comes to mind uh, because radon comes up through the soils. And... So what your house versus the neighbor's house could have different radon levels. And a lot of people, you know, I don't do those very often anymore. But when I was doing them all the time, they would say, well, the house is brand new, so I shouldn't have issues. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't understand. It's coming up from your soils. So the age of your home doesn't matter. Like sick building syndrome, the age of the home could matter if I'm talking about asbestos. Okay. Which, you know, that was outlawed in the United States in 1978. Does that mean you can't have any ACMs in homes these days? You could, but it shouldn't be there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that so, makes sense. So it really depends on what we're talking about. Like, you know, a, a, a home that's brand new, yeah, could it have structural concerns? Absolutely. You probably just won't see them for a while. So okay. Does that make sense? The yeah. edge of the home doesn't really, to me, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. You know? So it's a lot of how it was built what materials were used to build it, uh, and also what are the habits you're using while occupying the home. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we've talked about it. It's, you know, there's a lot of people that take a lot of pride in, in what they buy, and then there's a lot of people that think they can buy a home and not have to do anything because it's brand new. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a month or so ago, and just because you pay $800,000 for a house doesn't mean that it's fine. Exactly. And just because it's brand new doesn't mean it's fine. It's one of the most common questions I had when I when I was doing home inspections is, was, well, I don't need a home inspection because it's brand new. The code inspector inspects it. And I would always say, this is your largest purchase. And you do realize that I don't work for the city or county. I don't work for whatever municipality. I'm not a code inspector. I'm actually here to protect you as the buyer if that makes sense. Yeah. But a lot of people just, they have that misconception that new means it's fine. Exactly. Well, how, many, the case. how many new vehicles have we purchased and they still have issues? Exactly. So that's, that's, a good, that's a good analogy. So when people are thinking about sick building syndrome or SBS or a moldy home, what are some of the pieces of equipment that you would recommend they purchase just so that they could be proactive? So, you know, these are things that I know our listeners could purchase that I'm not going to tell them to go out and buy ozone machines and uh, HEPA vacuums and air scrubbers. That's stuff we use as professionals. But our listeners can buy things like just a small air mover, just a fan. You can buy a box fan. You can buy a fan that's on a stand and oscillates, you know. Um, but but these are things that aren't that expensive. If you, if you live in a pretty humid cl- climate, you can get by a dehumidifier if, you know, because of your climate. The, re- the reason I say in a humid climate, if you needed a dehumidifier here in Wyoming, 
wouldn't that throw a red flag even to you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, why would it be humid? Yeah, what's causing the humidity? Exactly. And, you know, in a humid climate, there, it's not uncommon to have a dehumidifier. A lot of people put them on their furnaces on their HVAC systems, so they don't even have to maintain anything. But we just talked about air purifiers in the last episode. Mm-hmm. They can buy something like that. Um, hire CFM exhaust fans for their bathrooms. Um, we were just a couple months ago, we were at Lowe's looking at exhaust fans. And remember, there was everything from the cheap $30, $40 fan to these fancy ones that uh, were Bluetooth. And they had um, humidity sensors. I mean, it was something that I don't really follow that kind of stuff. But remember, I, I pointed that out. I'm like, wow, you can buy a $300 exhaust fan that you set the humidity sensor. So to me, it's a humidistat. But once the humidity hits a certain level, that fan automatically kicks on. So anyhow, you know, things like that. The number one thing I always recommend is a humidity gauge. That's our listeners. If they've listened long enough, I hope all of them have one. Because exactly. we talk about it all the time. Yep. I mean, it's something we put in the mold box. That's how important it is to me. Um, another thing, uh, I mentioned that, you know, our listeners aren't going to go out and buy HEPA vacuums. What I mean by that is, is the high dollar ones. <laughs> but you can buy a vacuum that's a HEPA vacuum that will filtrate a lot more stuff. Um, and then uh, another thing too is, is um, HEPA filters for your furnace. A HEPA filter versus a cheap filter. One's going to do pretty much, I'm not sure how to word this in the proper terms, but it's not going to do what it should do. It's, it's not going to be as efficient as a HEPA filter. Mm-hmm. Um, a HEPA filter, just like this chart, once you get down to these, the you know, purple and green, you're going to filtrate more things. Exactly. Um, but anyhow, and then a shop vac. A shop vac's always handy. Yeah. How often do you see me grab my little handy A lot. One? I mean, yeah. I use it for many things. And it, you know, those are just little pieces of equipment that our listeners could have that that if they were to have a moisture intrusion event or elevated humidity levels, they could see it with the equipment that we're recommending. And so, I mean, you've, you've listed off a lot of things. If somebody was saying, okay, Steve, that's a lot of things. If, if they could only do two or three of those, what would you say would be the top three that of all the things you just listed, they that those are the three must-haves? So I'm going to ask you what the top one you think would be that we talk about all the time. Oh, well, the humidity gauge yep. it has to be number one. Yep. Our, our, yeah. They have to have one. Yeah. I mean, if our listeners, like I said earlier, if they don't have one, go out and buy one. You could literally get on Amazon right now, order one that's less than $10. Yeah. Now, is it the kind of equipment we use as professionals? No, we don't even use humidity gauges. We use humidity meters, which are a lot more expensive. But there's no reason they cannot go out and buy a humidity gauge. They literally... Well, you go to Starbucks. What is a cup of coffee or whatever you get? Ten bucks? Four bucks. Oh. Well, they could still buy a cheap humidity gauge. I guess yeah. I thought Starbucks was a little more. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, you know, there's no reason they shouldn't have that humidity gauge. Uh, the next thing would be a shop vac. Uh, we just talked about how often I use the shop vac. It's, they're so handy. And most shop vacs, I'm not going to say all of them, but most of them you can use. It's a wet dry vac. So... If you had a moisture intrusion event or, you you know, your child killed your goldfish because they overfed it, you could suck the water out of the goldfish tank. Um, so a wet, dry shop vac is very handy. And then, you know, to me, when I say an air mover, 
just the little fan that you can buy at a hardware store. And you can buy it for like 30, 40 bucks. It's an air mover is what I call it. So that if you were to have a moisture intrusion event, you have a humidity gauge to monitor the humidity. Mm-hmm. You have the shop vac that you can suck the water up, depending on the amount of water. And you have an air mover to dry things out. That makes and a So lot why of do sense. we try to do all that? Well, you, you want to prevent the mold from having everything exactly. it needs to grow. The humidity, the moisture, the cellulose Anything. material. Yep. So, yeah, you want to prevent And how long does things. that take? 48 hours. Yep. Yeah. So, if our listeners, if you have a moisture intrusion event and you do not, what I call the mop-up, if you don't get that humidity below 50%, I mean, our standards say 60, but 50 gives you a good buffer. If you don't get that humidity below 50%, and I mean not just in the carpets, it's got to be in the wall cavities too. Yeah. There's, you know, uh, restoration companies have all that stuff, but, you know, if, if it happened here, you know, there, there are measures we would take and we'd, you know, pull baseboards back, drill holes in between the wall studs and do all sorts of fun stuff. But 48 hours... If they if it's over sixty percent, you're gonna have mold growing. So it's it's very important to get it dried up. And that's why those three things are pretty important to me. Absolutely. So what's your call to action for people? Well, we keep talking about it, and so if they don't do it, then I'm not sure what to tell them. But go if you do not have a humidity gauge, go buy one. And if you're gonna buy one, at least get a two pack or a four pack. And if you don't know which one to buy, we have a humidity gauge in the mold box. So go yes. to cnccontractorservices.com, purchase your mold box. Yep. And yeah. you'll have it right in there. Exactly. There, I mean, there's, and they're not just getting a humidity gauge. Yeah. There's, there's lots of stuff yeah, in there. Yeah. I'm not going to name it all because I probably don't even remember everything that's <laughs> in there. But, but there's a lot of things and it's, it's, it's well worth the money. I mean, People probably spend that on dinner every night. Exactly. It's well worth it. So cnccontractorservices.com. Check out the mold box and we will catch you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.